You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1351. Hiring a friend because they're your friend and not because of your skill set. So the epidemic in wholesaling is number one, partnering, and number two, people hiring their friends because they're friends. I find that people drastically overestimate their friends' professional abilities for the most part because they are blinded by the friendship. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. So today we're going to talk about nine hiring mistakes to avoid in your wholesaling business. And I'm also going to show you the right way to hire so that you can start to delegate and expand your business, not only to make a crap ton more money, but also gain that freedom. Let's talk about nine hiring mistakes to avoid in your wholesaling business. The number one is getting a partner when you should just hire, okay? Now, this one, I gotta tell you, is an epidemic in uh, wholesaling and in general, other businesses where people are excited about taking on a new business and for whatever reason, fear creeps in and they get their friend or an acquaintance to come into business with them because it's just easier to do it with somebody else in your mind, right? But in reality, most people partner up not because there's a complementary skill set, but because they want to stay in their comfort zone, okay? So if you want to get into business or if you want to hire, right, don't bring on a partner, right? I I heard a story about someone who had three partners and one of the partners did the books, the other person did uh, acquisition, the other person did disposition. The company was doing like four or $500,000 a year. And so this bookkeeper of a company that was doing pretty much like 20 deals a year was making like 100 grand a year, (laughs) And uh, I, I'm not sure where I heard that, but that's a really, really, really high paid bookkeeper. And imagine the company is not really poised to grow. So that being said, instead of partnering, okay, 99% of the time, it's better to hire. So take the leap, invest in your business. You don't need a partner, okay? And bring on the talent that you need by hiring, not partnering. There are exceptions to this rule, okay? If someone has a drastically different experience than you and they are highly skilled in another area that you are not. So for example, if you are a crazy visionary and you've got big ideas and you're a closer and you've got someone who has a lot of experience building teams and managing people, right? And I'm talking real experience managing people, that may be a good fit. But otherwise, right, it's most likely that you need to hire someone. Number two is hiring a friend because they're your friend and not because of your skill set. So the epidemic in wholesaling is number one, partnering, and number two, people hiring their friends because they're friends. I find that people drastically overestimate their friends' professional abilities for the most part because they are blinded by the friendship, right? And so if you have a friend that has been job hopping, job after job after job, and they just haven't caught a break, right? But with you, they're just gonna make it. It's probably not gonna happen. With stocks, past performance is not a predictor of future results. With people, past performance is almost always predictive 
of future results. It's like Groundhog Day. So if you are going to hire a friend, let me go the, the, the converse here. You want a friend who has absolutely, like let's pretend you were going to hire a friend as a salesperson position, right? You have a friend who makes great money in sales. They've won every single uh, place they went. Maybe they were a collegiate athlete. Maybe they were captain of their team. Maybe their first job, they won rookie of the year. The second job, they won president's club or one of the top salespeople. And you have to create a huge vision to now recruit them to almost force someone to come to you, right? I mean, they're, they're leery of coming to you. Now, of course, you know, you are worthy of someone amazing coming to you and you should not beg, but you should at least have someone hesitant because they are so good at what they do. And this is where you are taking a look at hiring a friend, all right? That's the only time you should do it. I can tell you there is no rescuing anybody. I see a lot of people try to rescue their friends, right? Where so-and-so just hasn't cut a break and you give them a break, let me tell you, this is going nowhere fast. So if you are gonna hire a friend, make sure it's that friend who is a winner in multiple areas of life, okay? Because guess what? If they struggle at work in their other jobs, I guarantee you they're gonna struggle with you. If they win everywhere, most likely they're gonna win coming with you. Okay, third is, I know hiring is scary, but you gotta look at it as a investment and not a cost. Most people will look at it as a cost instead of an investment. And then after they buy it, they ignore it. So for me, I know that if I hire a good virtual assistant, let's just say I spend $800 a month on a virtual assistant, it's gonna cost me, I don't know, approximately $10,000 a year. I know that that investment of $10,000 a year is gonna make me at least 300 grand. A salesperson that I bring into my organization is gonna make me six, $700,000 a year, a good one. And so number one is that even if I've gotta pay this person up front or a base salary, I know that money is coming back. I gotta tell you that out of 10 people that I've hired, I probably wound up regretting about five to 10% of the hires, right? 90% of the time, it works out. The second part of that though, and if you want it to work out, is that you must invest into this person got to pour into them. You got to give them the juice that you have, your energy, your passion, your sales skills, right? The knowledge of the business. Uh, you know, I remember that I used to, when I first used to bring people on, I used to like throw them into my business, right? And I used to, you know, set up their email and I used to get them, you know, access to all the passwords. And, you know, I used to uh, get them into Slack, you know, and all these other tools, like, you know, two or three days after they started. And, you know, there was no structure and it was a giant mess. And so this person didn't necessarily feel welcome. So what you want to do at this point is when someone starts, you want to invest in that relationship. You want to have their email set up. You want to have their Slack set up. If you have a CRM, have their profile set up. You want to have a Google Sheet with a list of all the things that you're going to teach them or the things that they're going to watch or learn. And so when they come in, they're like, wow, so-and-so is organized. They're coming to play. So am I, right? You come to play, they'll come to play. That is huge. So look at it as an investment and then take care of your investments. NFL football players, the teams invest a lot of money to those players. And then when they have the players, man, they invest into them. They coach them, they get them in the film room. They hire the best coaches, the coordinators, the, the trainers, right? The, the medical staff, they take good care of them. So that is what you wanna do. 
The next thing, fourth thing that people do, this is one is a huge mistake, is where people try to outsource sales too early. And some of you never should outsource sales. Sales is the highest paid activity that you can do in this business. Now, some of you want to have a seven or eight figure business and you don't want to lock up deals anymore. That is totally fine. I get that. And that's a portion of people who listen to this. And I'm all for that. There are other people who say, Todd, I just want to make you know, $500,000 million a year and I just want me, good virtual assistant, and maybe someone to help me with, with team me up with some leads. That's okay too, right? You can make 500 grand that way in your pocket, maybe a million bucks. Either way, you do not want to outsource sales too early, either with a lead manager or with someone who's going to close your deals because this is the highest predictor of success in your wholesaling business, especially when it's a baby. So I would outsource other stuff first. Like I would get a good virtual assistant to handle all of my administrative work, all of my marketing work, right? Check my email, do my calendar, handle personal tasks. So that way I can focus on closing big, fat, juicy deals, man. Just take a bite out of it. I can taste it. That's one, two, three, four, five. Next is overpaying acquisition people. I love acquisition team members. I want to pay them well. I want to pay them fair. I want to pour into them. I want to give them leads. I want to set them up. But many people, they feel and they fear that a good acquisition specialist is uh, going to see the business and see how it operates. And they have to give them this big, huge chunk, like, like 25 or 50% of the deal. And I can tell you that you will go broke if you pay somebody like that. There's a lot of moving pieces to this business. Let's be real, right? You got, if you cold call, you got cold calling, you got texting, you got mailers, you got internet leads, right? You should be spending anywhere between 10 and 25% of your, your, your gross income on marketing depending on how big your team is, right? If you've got a bigger team, it's gonna be about 15%. If it's just you and maybe a VA, you can spend up to 25%. But for me, I would not get into a scenario where I'm paying more than 18% to an acquisition specialist, okay? Now I'm talking about gross. So I know some people, they have friends, they bring them in the business, and those scenarios usually don't work out because the business is starved, okay? So just heads up there. By the way, you want your acquisition specialist to win. You want to give them lots of leads, lots of sales training. You want to give them motivation. You want to give them structure. You want to help them sell their deals for top dollar so they can make a couple hundred grand a year, right? Very, very, very important, okay? There's also other ways that you can pay your acquisition specialist. You also could have them lend on your deals and give them interest. You could also give them education. So all these things. Next thing would be not firing people early enough. Now, this one is a doozy. I see so many people uh, have a business and it's struggling. And they're like, oh, so-and-so is not cutting it, right? They're coming in late. They're like, how do I motivate my salespeople? They're coming late, leaving early. They're not following up. They're not doing this. They're doing that. I can tell you that you cannot motivate anybody. If they ain't motivated, they're the wrong people. I learned this from the book. I think it was scaling up. Might have been traction. But basically, if someone is having a performance issue, it is your job to get in there and retrain. And you talk to somebody, you retrain, make sure you're doing your part. 30 days later, have the same conversation, pour in, train, pour in, train, invest, right? And you could, you could train too in between there. That's the second time. If that doesn't change the third time, the third time they got to go. Okay, they got to go because it is not changing. It is easier to change people than it is to change people. Okay, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> it's easier to change people as in get another person than it is to change people. 
Okay, remember that. All right, so by the way, not having someone who's on the same level of you is draining. It is draining, 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 draining. It's gonna take away your superpower, so make sure you move on. Next thing is putting someone behind you. I'm sorry, yeah, then in front of you. So one of the things that I tell my uh, executive assistant is I need you out in front, okay? I want you empowered. I want you to get crap done before it hits me. So that's in front of me. When someone's in back of you, okay, it means that stuff is hitting you and you're delegating it, which is really, really, really hard because I want you to pretend like you're in front of a pitching machine, a softball pitching machine. And these balls are coming at you all day long. And you've got to catch these balls. And then what you do is you hand the balls to someone behind you. Okay, that's when someone is working behind you. But now you want to get someone in front of you where someone's in front of you with a big old catcher's mitt. And they're catching balls, right? So that you, and you're behind them, and that you could focus on that big, big, big picture. All right, so what are some examples of this? So for example, my assistant, she's in my email all the time. Right, so she has access to all of my emails. She acts on them. She pays bills. She puts stuff on my calendar. She responds. She she get sends people documents. So all kinds of stuff. I've got 20, 30, 40 things happen every single day that I do not have to react to. Think about the brain space that is opened up. If you don't have that, by the way, you're getting killed. Now imagine, obviously, if you're doing that yourself, you're you're also getting killed. But imagine that I've got to now answer. I got to take all those emails. I got to think about them. It's filling all my brain space. And now I got to go tell someone what to do with them. That's backwards. So move that person. By the way, this could be a great virtual assistant. Move that person from in back and put them in front. And you do that by empowering people. You give people access to things like passwords and they can pay bills and systems and procedures and transparency, right? Don't be scared of anyone's quote unquote stealing your business, right? The only thing you should be scared of is stealing the hours and days away from yourself because you're doing everything, okay? You're gonna steal from yourself before anyone else steals from you. Next is not having uh, regular meetings. So we follow the traction method of meetings. So we've got something called an L10 on Monday. It's 90 minutes. Starts at the same time. It's got the same agenda, same format. Always ends within 90 minutes. Always. Okay, and it's a routine. We talk about and do the same thing every single time. We talk about the stats of the business, right? We talk about issues and opportunities. Everyone can speak. It is awesome. We do that once a week and we save a lot for that meeting. So I'll, that's a whole other session over there. And the last part, biggest hiring mistake, I gotta tell you, is not recruiting regularly. I see so many people, number one, not find the person that they wanna find because they just are looking for someone when they need it. I find that people are scared to fire bad people because they don't wanna do the work or the pain that's required when you have someone in that position. So always be recruiting. Keep a bullpen, keep a Google sheet of all kinds of people who you think you might want to work with one day. So I'll review these again. Number one, biggest mistake is getting a partner when you should hire. Second one is hiring a friend because they're your friend and they're not an amazing performer. Three is look at something as a cost instead of an investment and not investing in that team member once you have them. Outsourcing sales too early. Okay, do that last or not at all. Overpaying your acquisitions people. Make sure you keep that that salary between 10 and 18% of gross, not firing people early enough, right? Putting someone behind you instead of in front of you, not having regular meetings. And lastly, but not least, not having regular meetings. Make sure you have those every Monday. Come on. 
Catch me on Facebook at Todd Toback. Uh, you can also catch me at wholesalingincgroup.com. Just hit at Todd Toback. I would love to hear from you. And I will talk to you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.